morning. Amen. Amen, amen. Father, we just thank you for this day, the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, thank you for grace, mercy, your love and kindness, Lord God. Father God, you increase, Lord God, as I decrease, Lord God. Father, you step up as I step back. Let them not see me, but let them see you. Father God, as we fellowship around your word, I just thank you for clarification, revelation, Lord God, that's going to come through this word. And I ask it all in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we're talking about, we've been talking about this month on storms. And, um... You know, it's been different aspects of storm. Like, I really love how um, Pastor um, Harris has spoke last week on those uh, secret storms. I mean, it, it really hit me and it was like, wow. Because sometimes I realize that I also have secret storms in my life as well. And it just really just prompted, you know, for me to just really um, talk to God this week. Like, wow, Lord. What's in me that needs to really just come out? What have I been holding on? What unforgiveness I've been holding on towards another person? What secret storms am I going through personally in my life? And um, God had gave me the revelation um, about the message on today is talking about creating storms. You know, most of the times when we think about a storm is created is by like precipitation, you know, things of that nature. Like if there's a, a certain uh, temperature, you know, during, the during like the warmer times during the year, it's, um, you know, hurricane season, tornadoes because of the warmer climate. So sometimes in our lives, those storms are created by the different um, times that we are in our lives, the different uh, struggles that we're, diff that we're going through in our life, and it creates those storms. And it's like... What causes, you know, those storms to really be created in a spiritual sense, in a personal sense? You know, one of them will be generational habits. Yeah, generational habits can cause a storm to um, be created. When you think about generational habits, it's something that, you know, maybe your grandma or your grandpa or your great grandma or your grand grandpa, you know, what they've done or it just keeps trickling down. And if with somebody does not break those generational habits, that storm will keep on twirling and twirling and twirling. When you think about generational habits, you know, I didn't realize that there are people that actually literally deal with depression. They don't know why they're depressed. They just, they, um, well, they say, well, my grandma deal with depression. My mom deal with depression. And now I'm dealing with depression. They don't, they don't know why. They don't know what stemmed them to go through that, that depression storms and sometimes when people are dealing with stress and depression because some people can deal with you know stress you know they're stronger than others 
And so people, when they're stressed and depressed and they're in that storm, guess what? They start that overeating. And guess what? If they start that overeating, it might trickle down to their kids and their kids' kids. And it's going to look around and you're going to have a generation of people dealing with diabetes, high blood pressure. And that's going to create a different storm that started with, you know, one person and it trickled down in the different generations because of the different habits. When you think about codependency, you automatically think about, you know, drugs and drinking and stuff like that. You know, actually it's codependent on something that, you know, you're really depending on that thing to make you happy. A lot of people, you know, they drink, drink, drink. They don't know why they drinking. Well, my grandpa was drinking, my daddy was drinking and I'm drinking. I don't know why I'm drinking. I just had an appetite is because of those generational habits. And then when you think about gambling, the gambling can really start a financial storm generationally in someone's life. Well, maybe the great grandpa was a gambler, the grand grandpa was a gambler, and you know it just trickles on down because you know they feel that you know what I need something to make me happy. I need something to make me content. And if it's the wrong thing, guess what? It's going to start a negative generational habit and it's going to start a bad storm. And you think about, I also think about like lust, shopping. Um, I was looking at a um, TV show not too long ago. It's called uh, Hoarders. And and I was looking and I was like, wow, so these people literally go shopping all the time, bought all of these things, have no intent on wearing it or putting it up. And it's just in their house. This one lady's house is beautiful on the outside, but it's so much garbage on the inside because she just kept grabbing things, grabbing things. And guess what? She don't care if it might have put a financial bind on her, but because it made her happy, it, it started a generational, uh, you know, it started those generational habits in that storm. And you look around and when the people came in, it was so much garbage. It was so many, you know, infestation of insects. It was all of these different storms that she was going through. And when you think about that, that lady was never content. When you start a generational habit and it starts up a huge storm, Sometimes if you do not get that storm to come down, calm down, it's going to make you unhappy and you will never, ever, ever, ever be satisfied. Another thing that starts a storm when you're in denial. Yeah, most of when I was looking at the, um, the show, I was like, that lady, they literally was like, lady, your house is, you got too much stuff. How do you live like this? And she felt that nothing was wrong that's just like talking with a person that has been in addiction for so long they like well i didn't think anything was wrong because every time i do this thing it made me feel good and guess what if that keep on uh trickling down to it gonna trickle down to your kids and your kids kids because you know the generational stuff because of the now and sometimes you got somebody that's coming to you saying hey I know you have a problem, man. I just, I just want to, you know, get you help. Well, I don't think I got no problem. And then some people get into a defense mode and then they get 
hard-headed, and then they get prideful. It's just like the scripture in Proverbs 16 and 18. It says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall, the New King James Version. And when you think about haughty, you think about arrogance. So a person, and when they're in the now, they just get arrogant. They're like, you know what? I think I can, I can try to handle this on my own. So you know, when when I'm able to stop, you know, I'll stop. They'll tell you, hey, you need to, you need to stop this. And you know what? I I stop it. I got this under control. But sometimes that got it got you under control because you're not stopping. Because you you feel that when you do that thing, it it is calming you down. It is making you happy, but in reality, it actually is not. And it and it goes back to you know what Pastor Harris was talking about those secret storms. You know, people might be sitting on the outside that hey, you got it all together, but guess what? Inside you are broken apart and you're holding on to things and you're saying, you know what? I got this. I, I, I can handle this. You know what? I quit tomorrow. Well, for right now, I'm going to just keep on enjoying doing what I'm doing. And guess what? That's causing the storm to get bigger. When you also think about uh, another thing that causes a storm, it is lack of faith. Lack of faith will cause another the storm to continue to go. We're going to go to the scripture in Hebrews 11, 6 through 7. Hebrews 11, 6 through 7. Now we're talking about faith. The word of God says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But here's another part. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark. For the saving of his household by which he commanded the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. So when you think about Noah, he had that much faith to say, you know what? I might look stupid. I might look dumb, but I'm still going to believe in the most high and what he told me is going to happen because everything around, you know, in at that time, it never did rain like that. So, you know, he he had to really trust in God. So if a person is lacking faith in a situation on their when they're trying to get through it, guess what? That storm is going to get bigger, like lacking in faith will keep your storm at its Peak. When you think about a hurricane, you know, um, like larger hurricanes, they've come in at what? 205 miles an hour. And so just think about the storm that might have started, you know, with you no know, generational and the storm that might start in your life. Guess what? If you don't do the necessary steps in trusting in God, guess what? That that hurricane in your life is going to be at its peak and it's going to keep ongoing and you're going to be you're going to be wondering why hasn't this storm slowed down is because of you know the lack of faith sometimes i had to really just check myself 
because there were times that I had lack of faith, especially during the process of the, you know, the surgery that I had to endure. You know, I felt like I was really just giving it to God, but then it's like I was giving it to God, but I still had it on a fishing rod. <laughs> and so I said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to give it to you, but you know what, let me really back on in. So it's like, okay, Lord, here you go. But I don't know. I kind of feel like, you know, let me reel that back on in because I really didn't trust in him during that time. It's like when you really just trust in God, you will see miraculous things happen regardless of what you can see. See, God is all seeing and all knowing. He's omnipotent and omniscient. So he knows exactly what's going to happen when you when you totally trust in him don't allow you know the lack of faith to keep that storm twirling around in your life now we're going to talk about during the storm now during a storm you know most of the times um um as far as like you know we, we you talk about hurricanes so the people will tell you hey that this tropical storm is coming in your area so you need to be prepared to either leave or you either be prepared to leave or are you able to endure this this tropical storm coming your way but guess what if you're in denial <laughs> on how big and destructive this storm might be you might try to see that you can wait it out or you think that you can handle it. And guess what? Sometimes that storm might come and actually destroy you or, you know, destroy your property, just like a physical tropical storm. But during a storm, you have to have accountability. You have to link up with uh, someone that's going to help you. You have to link up with somebody that's going to tell you really what it is. You got to link up with someone that's going to give you the real because guess what? You cannot. It's like, you know, the blind leading the blind. When you're trying, when you're going through a storm in your life, you do not need to hang, uh, hook up or connect with someone that's in the same boat as you. <laughs> when you if a person next to you is going through the exact same thing that you're going through, how can they help you? Because guess what? Sometimes they will enable you and you will enable them. It's just like the blind leading the blind, like the three blind mice. So if it's a group of y'all and y'all in the same bracket doing the same thing, guess what? No one is growing anywhere. Not going anywhere, growing anywhere. So we're going to turn to Galatians 6, 1 through 5. Galatians 6, 1 through 5. The word of God says, Brethren, if a, if a man is overtaken in trespass, you who are spiritual, that word, spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Don't mean that you got to come out hard and just, you know, throw the Bible at them and throw the word at them. And guess what? If you throwing that stuff at them like that, guess what? They're going to they're going to lean back. They're going to draw back. So 
Guess what? In gentleness, considering yourself, least you also be tempted. When you think about that, you, you got to be spiritual enough to be able to withstand that spirit that's on them. Because this is all a spiritual thing. It's not them. It's the spirit that's on them that's keeping them in that storm. So guess what? You have to be spiritual enough. You have to be God-led in order to bring that person back. Bring that person back to where they need to be in God. And uh, verse uh, 2 says, Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Verse three, for if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. That goes with you trying to boast about, you know what? I think I got this. You know what? I'm the man. You know what? I can do this all by myself. I really don't need nobody. And then guess what? We're going to go to verse four. But let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in a, not in another for each one shall bear their own load when when i look at that scripture i think about like when you're trying to ride a bike for the first time you're your kid you're a little kid and you're excited you're like yeah you know what i see you know, if you have older siblings, I want to ride the bike just like them. And guess what? Your your parents is putting on these training wheels. <laughs> yeah. And then and then with those training wheels, guess what? They keep the bike up. And so that's how we're supposed to be as ministers of the gospel, as preachers and pastors and evangelists. We we have to. How, you know, put the people that God assigns to us in training wheels. And when they're used to using the training wheels, when they got enough word, when they start praying on their own, when, when they start fasting on their own, when they start giving God glory on their own, guess what? You take the training wheels off. And let them ride themselves and see with you know where they get it. I mean, even myself, I've um, ministered to so many people for so many years that was dealing with the same situations, and it took more out of me. And I felt that you know, um, I felt that the person was just doing it just to keep a connection going. See, sometimes you got to be careful to not just keep the connection going. You got to really be, you know, spiritually driven to know that this person is going to get it. Once you put those training wheels on, you know that that person is going to, you know, keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. And the one mistake you don't want to make, you do not want to burn yourself out. Sometimes that's why, you know, uh, you know, you hear about pastors, you know, giving up on the faith and quitting the church and stuff like that because they're burnt out. The thing is, it's like you teach them the word and guess what? They're supposed to learn. 
They're supposed to, you know, start studying on their own. Second Timothy 2.15 says, study to show thyself approved. A workman needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we give, we give them that, you know, the word that God gives us. And guess what? They go home and they study. They go home and they pick up the Bible. I'm, I've said it, you know, so many times that, you know, it's so, you know, accessible with the Bibles. You can get it on your phone. You can get a King James Bible at the dollar store. You know, you got to, and the person that is on the receiving end has to want to change, has to want to come out of that storm. And when they're in that storm and hey, you got accountability and it's got those training wheels on, you gotta really want to keep riding that bike, keep pedaling and keep saying in your mind, you know what, I don't like these training wheels. I don't like uh, dealing with this storm. I don't like drinking and smoking on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't like going to the game room, going to the gambling spot, going to the casino every single weekend and have to take a loan now just to pay my bills because all of a sudden I keep spending my money on different things as far as gambling. I don't like doing any of that stuff. So you know what? Hey, accountability. Hey, Lord, I'm ready to take the training wheels off. And us as ministers and as pastors, we have to take those training wheels off and let them go. Just think about a mother bird. A mother bird, when they're teaching their young ones how to fly, it don't take long. Mother bird, the, e the eagle, when I was looking at a documentary of the, you know, the birds, the eagle will take their babies up pretty high and just let them go and just know and hope that they're going to start flopping and they're going to start gliding before they hit the ground. So that's how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to give them the word, show them the way, just like how Paul did with, you know, Timothy, Titus. And he also talked to Philemon, you know, different lessons. You, you send them out there, you show them what to do, and then you, you know, you let them go and then they really connect with God on their own. That's how accountability, you know, is, you know, supposed to work, you know, and it brings me to this one quote, accountability is the glue that ties commitment to results. Let me say that again. Accountability is the glue that ties commitment to the results. So when you're committed to God, you're saying that I don't want to be in this storm no more. Guess what? You're going to get the end results, but you have to be committed, not halfway committed, not halfway, you know, having your burdens on a fishing rod. And whenever you feel like you want to reel it in, but you want to give it all to God. Sometimes you got to just give it to God in your hands and hand it to him. Because if you have something attached to it, you're going to do your best to try to reel that on in. You have to be committed to God. You have to connect with someone that is spiritual that's going to help you through this journey in order to get through this storm. And lastly, we're going to talk about getting through the storm. Getting through the storm. You know, first we was, you know, really going in on the storm getting started with the generational, you know, habits. You know, some people being in denial. 
and some people having, you know, lack of faith in times when the storm is a little bit too big or a little bit too dark for them. And then we realize that going through this storm, you have to have accountability that's going to show you and train you. It's just like with, you know, the Messiah and his the disciples. Guess what? He trained them. He didn't he didn't baby them the whole way. Guess what? He was on them. He told them lessons. He didn't stress himself out saying, you know what? They don't they don't get it. He let them be them. He knew that they, you know, was imperfect. He knew that they had their own flaws and he was patient with them. And even with accountability, you have to be patient with them. But don't just keep holding on, you know, on the training wheels for months and years, especially if they're not trying. If you if God shows you that they're not trying to get it. So now we're getting through that part of the storm. And see, like through a natural storm, you know, the, the meteorologist will say, well, the storm is going to hit this particular part of the, the region and it's going to last three days. But sometimes that storm can last, you know, days, weeks, months and years in your life if you're dealing with a, a particular storm. And so how how long that storm lasts is built on how long your faith is. You know, some people are stronger than others. Some people are prepared for the storm. Some people might see that storm coming, uh, you know, physically. They say, you know what? I've been down this road before. I see this storm coming. I'm going to board up my windows. I, I already have my insurance ready. Um, I already have, you know, precautions just in case the, you know, storm blows down my house and, you know, have the windows boarded up. I have everything put together. But when people are not prepared, that's when the, the storm will destroy, you know, their, their house and their different property. So getting through that storm is on the, you know, is on the, the you don't have, you have endured all that you have can. You have, you know, pushed through the fear. Most of the times when that storm is coming, it's, it gets fearful. It's just like the time where um, I was uh, carrying mail. I was carrying mail and it was like this big tornado. I think it was maybe 2013 or 2015. And it was like in Mansfield. And it, and it was like my area was like not too far from here. And it was like, yo, the storm is coming. The tornado is coming your way. Hurry up and get back to the station. If you can't get back to the station, take shelter. All I saw was the dark cloud and I instantly got scared. And I thought, you know what? This truck is not going fast enough. I'm praying. I'm, I mean, I'm flooring the truck. The truck ain't going nowhere. These trucks are slow. And so I'm really scared. And in that moment, our God was telling me to go inside this particular apartment and they freely let me in because all the other areas in that they was not letting nobody in. It was like, hey, you on your own. Just, you know, go see if you can go back to the station or whatever. And so they let me in. But sometimes during those storms in our life, we go through so much fear and fear can really, you know, knock us down and push us back. So now we done got through that storm and we're getting through that. Now we're getting through that storm. Guess what? God glory is just off the chain. He gets the glory because guess what? When you get through that storm, you will praise him like no other. You will, um, you will help out others like no other. 
you will pray like no other. We're going to go to the scripture in Romans 5, 3 through 5. I don't want to get off subject. Romans 5, 3 through 5. The word of God says, you know what? I'm going to read verse 2. Through whom also we may we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope and glory and the glory of God. Verse three. And not only that, we also glory in tribulations. Those are those storms. Knowing that tribulations, those storms produces perseverance and see i'm gonna start right there and give the definition of perseverance is persisting in doing something despite difficulty in delay of a tree achieving success it is persisting in doing something despite difficulty that's that storm sometimes that storm can be difficult we're gonna go back to the word produces perseverance that difficulty you know we persevered we kept on being persistent throughout that storm and guess what perseverance persistence character and character hope when you think about character it's the mental or moral qualities distinctive to an individual guess what when you're going through that storm and you're being persistent it will shape and mold your character it will shape and mold your identity it will ultimately ultimately shape and mold your mindsets so when people are going through their these storms and they're strong enough to with uh endure those storms and you know persevere through those storms guess what their mindset starts to change their character starts to change you just start looking at that person you be like you know what? You look the same, but you look different. Your facial features look the same. Your, your body, everything's look the same to you. But for some reason, you look different. It's that glory of God. It's just like when Moses came down from the mountain and the Bible says that he, the, he was shining. He was shining. So that's how it is when you are going through that perseverance and that character. It just shapes and molds your character. But also from in character, hope. When you think about hope, it's a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen when you're going when you're going through those storms and you're persevering and you're you know God is shaping and molding you know you into the image he's the potter and your other clay and your character and your mindset is starting to change guess what you have hope that whatever you were going through before during that storm that God has already made a way now verse five now hope does not disappoint hope does not disappoint because the love of god has been poured out in our hearts by the holy spirit who was giving to us when when jesus has said hey 
you, you know, I might not be with you forever, but guess what? I give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is there to lead and to, to guide us into, into all truth. To, he, you know, the Bible says that he's a comforter. He's going to help us in the time of need. So when you think about God's spirit, has, it's talking about the love of God. He gave a, He given us his spirit. He didn't have to do any of that, any of that things. He, but he did it because the love of God has poured out into our hearts by the spirit who was given to us. So in conclusion, when you're going through a storm, just keep the faith. Just keep trusting. I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be difficult. I know there's going to be times when you be like, you know what? It is hard. I cannot deal with this anymore. It is too stressful. And I feel like I want to go back to what I used to do because I feel so comfortable over there. But guess what? If you keep on uh, persevering through the storm, if you keep on pushing through the storm, you know, when you say push, you know, pray until something happens. Sometimes you really just got to believe that you can keep praying and praying and praying. But once you start believing what you are praying, once you start trusting, just like the scripture was talking about, um, believing that he exists, believe that he exists in uh, Hebrews 11. God will move miraculously in your life. Don't think just because, you know, God did things in the in the Bible times that it does not apply to this day. Miracles are still happening today. Blessings are still happening today. Um, God is pouring out his spirit. The Bible says that he's pouring out his spirit in the, in the last days. So all we have to do is receive that, that Holy Spirit and keep on persevering through those storms and you will come out on top. Father, I just thank you that this message fell on good ground. It did not come back to you void, just like it said in the book of Jeremiah. So we just thank you, Lord God. We just thank you that we can, where we can draw close to you during the storm. That, we, that you send us accountability. You love us so much that you send people to help us. That we are not alone in this storm. That, that people are here to help us and guide us. And you know, into all truth. And just like those training wheels, you know, they take it off and we start to move on our own. So, Father, thank you for your love and kindness, Lord God. And thank you for helping us through these storms, especially, you know, during this day and time, just keep helping us, helping us keep, keep, um, helping us in the situations that we are, you know, we feel that we are, that's pushing us back, that, that is keeping us bound, that's keeping us trapped, that's keeping us going back to what we used to do. Thank you for helping us. And I ask it all in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Running, 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 running